welcome to a podcast. Just a podcast? This one is entitled Talkin' Talkies. Ooh, Talkin' Talkies. What happens on this? This is the show where we talk about a talkie. But what's a talkie, Dan Peck? A talkie is a thing that... It's too early for me to, to go full gimmick. <laughs> Wait, it's, it's too early for you to go early? Is that what you're saying? Uh, you can't you can't go back to the It started with a jazz century. singer, say Blackface yes, Racism Wonderful what? Are you having a bully day? Uh I don't know. I haven't I've only been up for about a half hour. Yeah, I work I work nights again, so this is uh this is early morning for me once again. <laughs> so this'll be kind of an adjustment, but uh it is what it is. See, once upon a time, Christopher, movies were in black and white and didn't have sound. Well, what do you know about that? Uh, That back in the day, movies were black and white and didn't have sound. Oh, okay. Well, in that case, uh, that is Dan Peck. I am Chris O'Mealy. This is Talkin' Talkies. And uh, we want to give a special shout out to Giant Media Ball for continuing to host our Movie Talkin' podcast here. Giant Media Ball. It's like a giant ball of media. No fleas. Absolutely none of the fleas. This is our nineteenth episode. We are uh, we're getting to those college years. And it now. doesn't sound as cool as one hundred and two. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? We we only started on January the eighth, so we're gonna get there. Yeah, it's gonna be a lot of movies too. We'll have watched. More than 102 movies by the time we get there, because we've already done trilogies and sequels and stuff. Yeah, yeah, and then we got, and by the end of the year, we'll be watching a couple more trilogies for one episode, so. We'll be doing two weeks of six movies. Shall we? And the funny thing is, this week, we could have gone up to three movies. We could have. Um, I just did not have the time to complete the trilogy, but. Uh, you had a complete life not reversal but a, like a big turn in your life yeah i had a, a very big life event happen that uh caused me to basically reevaluate my entire game plan uh the good news is everything is working out for the better the bad news is just that it really really screwed with my head so unfortunately movies were kind of taking a back seat at that point and even though i would have tried to do the whole trilogy um I just was only able to do the first one. So we're going to talk about Mad Max, the first one. Uh, Dan, however, did watch The Road Warrior, so he might talk a little bit about that. But I do plan on watching that because I've heard it's superior to the first one. I've actually heard that from a lot of people, like those the big list of movie sequels that are better than the original. Road Warriors always mentioned on it, and I'm intrigued by that. Um, Before we actually start talking about Mad Max, I'm going to get this out of the way right now and just say that I personally didn't really enjoy this movie, and I know it's going to be a crazy thing to say because I know this movie's got a hardcore cult following, and the whole point of us watching it was to prepare for Fury Road. But um, I just, I think it was just, uh, I think it was just the the pacing and a lot of confusion for me. Like I had to go back and reread the synopsis on IMDb and Wikipedia to kind of make sense of what happened, and it's generally. I don't generally consider those to be movies I end up being fans of in the end. However, with that all said, 
Um, I totally understand why this movie has a cult following because I can. It's pretty obvious when you watch the first one that this is either one of those movies you're gonna love it and you're gonna become the cult guy, or you're gonna be like, eh, I didn't really care for it. So I fell into one spectrum. You probably fell into another. But still, we're gonna talk about Mad Max. So this, of course, stars the one and only Mel Gibson. Yep, that Mel Gibson. Well, not he that plays Mel car- Gibson. Okay, uh, the the original Mel Gibson, the then unknown Mel Gibson that uh, hasn't gone batshit crazy with religion yet. We're not we're not at that Mel Gibson, but uh, Mad Max takes place in dystopian future Australia, but um, not quite because <laughs> not that much in the future because Road Warrior is much more dystopian and much more future yeah actually it's not even dystopian it's just like everything's fucked up where everyone everything's gone but anyway i'll talk more about that one when when, toward the end of this one yeah yeah basically what it comes down to is that uh this is a future in which we're in a serious energy crisis because we're destroying all of our fossil fuels so this is basically a few years out from when the energy crisis started and there really is no more law and order. So there's only one big police force called the MFP, the main force patrol. Oh, is that what it stands for? That was the motherfucking yes. police. <laughs> that's, that's what I spent the entire movie going. Motherfucking uh, police. <laughs> yeah. I, apparently it's not that cool. <laughs> At the halls of justice, the halls of justice. Um, and this is basically how the outback, everybody's kind of in small communities now. Uh, life is kind of peaceful. Metropolitan cities, they're there, but they're not really the thing anymore. But because the law and order's kind of gone down, motorcycle gangs basically do whatever they want. They scavenge for f- this fuel. They terrorize the population. They rape people, uh, apparently guys and girls, because that's a plot point. And the MFP is there to keep the peace. Now, we start off by chasing this fugitive called Knight Rider and his floozy, of course, because they mentioned that a few times. And the whole time. I enjoyed the opening and the ending. Yes, those those are by far the best parts of the movie. Um, He basically stole one of their pursuit vehicles, and he's got everybody. Unable to catch him until Max steps in, who's kind of like the last resort. He's the uh, what's he like? Not the enforcer, but the. I know. Uh, he's got the yeah. His car is something special. Oh, he's the in, he's isn't an interceptor or whatever. The under yeah the interceptor. That's him. My favorite character in this entire movie is the um is the is the blonde guy that gets burnt. He's freaking awesome. <laughs> We need to introduce him because he's like eating at some diner and then the chase goes by him and he's like, shit. And he takes off on his motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> that guy's the best character in the whole thing. And then like halfway through, he yeah. disappears because he got burnt to a crisp. Yeah. Well, Knight Rider gets killed in a fiery crash. And now his motorcycle game called the Acolytes, led by Farouk and Bradshaw. Oh, God. Toe cutter. Toe cutter, yes. Um, toe cutter and Bubba and Johnny are like his right and left hand men. 
Um, they're going to get out to seek revenge, and that's exactly what they do. They steal fuel. They harass people. And now Max and his partner Goose, yeah, they, are, yeah, they arrest Johnny after after this gang rape. Um, Johnny's too high to figure out how to leave the scene, so he's just basically sitting there when they arrive. And they're like, "All right, so you're under arrest," but nobody shows up for the trial, so. They're just they just throw out the case. Uh, Goose is pretty pissed off about this. And he and Johnny kind of exchange threats and everything. But uh, you can see that's going to lead up to some interesting plot points here. Yes. So Bubba and then there's Fifi. That's the the captain. Oh, yeah. And he's like, Fifi's like, listen, guys, you do whatever it takes to do to get rid of these guys, but make sure the paperwork's clean. That's all. Oh, you didn't mention that when they got back to the halls of justice the first time, you showed them this car they've been working on, and you're like, oh, that's not gonna come back later. Oh yeah, yeah. The supercar, or whatever. It's the yeah, it's the V8 with a supercharger. It would make it the fastest car on the road. And Max is all like, he, he him and Goose, like they want to really work on it and get him to drive it. And even though they said they collected the parts to build the engine, it's pretty much revealed that's going to be Max's personal vehicle. And that's the way that they are convincing him to stay on the police force. Yeah, it was a really cool car. The thing about, the, about this, the, about in Mad Max, is like he never directly killed anybody in the entire movie. No, he doesn't, And which is the... Which is the whole point of what his job is supposed to be. Well, he's a police officer, but yeah. Because Knight Rider died because he crashed into a freaking a, a tanker full of gas or whatever and blew up. Right. Because it was because it like crashed or whatever, and the guy's like flying the flag around and stuff. Well, he kind of he kind of kills somebody at the end. He gave him a choice. Yeah, a little saw style, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, so Johnny ends up sabotaging Goose's motorcycle while he's just chilling in the nightclub. And the next day while he's on patrol, his bike locks up. It throws him into a field. Um, he calls in a towing service, but uh-oh, Johnny and Tow Cutter are waiting in ambush. They end up basically trapping Goose inside the vehicle, and then they light it on fire and kill him. Crazy stuff. And that's the that's the sad part of the story because Goose was awesome. Goose what was is it? What awesome. if your call sign is Goose? You're pretty much screwed in films. <laughs> that's the conclusion I'm starting to draw. Isn't that on our future hit list? By the way, uh, maybe. Uh, yeah, I think it is. So we, we may have to end up talking about another unfortunate Goose. As time goes up. Oh, um, man. But the thing is, Johnny doesn't really want to do it. Toe Cutter kind of makes him do it. Yeah, Johnny's, Johnny's uh, um, he's an asshole, sir, but not 100% a dick. <laughs> and what do you think? Well, I don't think anyone could be a 100% a dick, man. <laughs> so, uh. After Max sees what happened to Goose, he decides I'm that out. he's going to resign. So he goes to his boss's like apartment, whose door is wide open, and he's not wearing a shirt. He's like watering plants. 
Yeah. This was the weird thing, like indoor plants, like up the wazoo, like Max's house on the beach or whatever. There's like plants in the freaking kitchen just everywhere. I'm just like, this is the weirdest place. Well, this is how dystopian Australia works, apparently. <laughs> you can wear your sunglasses inside and water your plants, too. Dysto- dystopian Australia, a.k.a. regular Australia. <laughs> yeah, it's basically just the Outback. Well, the Outback's Australia. probably worse. <laughs> I also am really happy that the version of this movie I got featured the original accents and not a bunch of crappy overdubbing. Which was apparently only in the versions that I've got, which are the later ones, because I think that would have killed me with all the because it's so obvious how many lines in the movie are overdubbed, because that was a big problem with older films like this. They'd get into post-production, realize that you couldn't really hear the dialogue or something was off. So there was a lot of overdubbing, which always makes me think my audio is off sync. Yeah, that was and then it drives me nuts. And like. Even five minutes after, it's not a problem anymore. I'm still thinking about it. Yeah. Well, that was a big problem I had when we watched The Producers. There was a lot of overdub lines in that. And I remember being like, oh, my God, like, what is wrong with this copy? And I think I was watching it right on Netflix, too, which made it even worse. I'm like, what is wrong with this? What is the problem? It can't be and as bad as the, uh, the WWE tap out commercial where I'm always like freaking buffering. But no, that's the commercial. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about, too. George because it aired on NXT last night. Yep. They even but, mentioned it in a promo. Yep. But anyway, um, instead of resigning, his boss is like, why don't you just take a holiday and then make your decision? And he's like, OK. So he takes his wife and his son, his infant son. Uh they go, they stop for ice cream, and now he's going to go work over the repair guy about Toe Cutter's gang. But now Toe Cutter's gang is there, and they go after his family. Dun, dun, dun. I love how she, she like, shoves the ice cream so, in his face and then knees him in the nuts and then drives away. Yeah. Um, so they're seeking, they're seeking refuge with... Um, these farm owners, these elderly farm owners. This old lady and her like semi-retarded son. Yeah, pretty much. Um, they end up uh, they end up chasing down Jesse and his son, and Max arrives too late. And now everything has gotten personal. His, uh, he's uh, his, lost everything. Yeah, his son. His son is dead, and his wife is all but dead. So Max gets into his new vehicle. Remember, uh oh, foreshadowing. We knew this was going to come back. The new interceptor. Yep, he basically tortures the mechanic for info. Hunts down the gang's leader, shoots Bubba with a shotgun right in his face. And then Johnny escapes, and as Toe Cutter flees on his motorcycle, he ends up going head-on collision with a semi-truck, which is actually a pretty graphic scene, regardless of how they use the special effects. It really looks like just a guy, uh, just a body and a motorcycle get destroyed by this truck. Human pizza. 
My, my favorite part is like when he runs down like the rest of the gang on a bridge. He just like just runs right through them, so they all just go flying off the side of the bridge. Yeah. <laughs> couple of them um, landed in the river. They might be okay. <laughs> and this, of course, all leads to the final scene, which is, like, the most character-setting scene in the whole movie. Um, there's basically a car crash victim that Johnny killed, and he's pretty much looting the place. So Max handcuffs his ankle to the vehicle, um, starts a very slow flame, and then hands him a hacksaw. He's like, well, you can either cut through the handcuffs in ten minutes or your ankle, which will take five, and just walks away while Johnny's screaming after him. And he goes, Max, you're mad. Dun-dun-dun. And then the explosion happens as he's driving away. Yep. And then he drives, and apparently the roads are so straight you can fall asleep and be okay. Pretty much, yeah. I guess that's true about the Australian outback, but that's a uh, that was Mad Max. A um, couple of cool stats about the movie: when Goose gives the biker the get out of jail free card, um, the actual biker in question were real bikers. This is who they hired as part of the uh, budget for the film because I think they only had like uh, three hundred fifty thousand dollars to shoot this movie on the Melbourne area. So basically because the bikers had to be pulled over or could get pulled over looking like actual bikers, they gave them a letter explaining what the film was doing and asking for the police's cooperation. So it's just like, Oh, hello officer. Um, my, my director wrote me a note today. Would you like to read it? I guess when you can save money, you're going to hire somebody that has a bike instead of having to hire somebody and a bike. Yeah. Uh, Mel Gibson actually didn't audition for the film or read for a part. He just went along with a friend who was auditioning, but he had been in a bar fight the night before. So he looked like he could play the character. And they're like, hey, we need freaks for this movie. So you, you come back in three weeks time. He's like, OK. And then he read for a part and got cast. Jeez. <laughs> um, to raise the money for the film, George Miller actually worked in an emergency room. Well, that's one way to raise money for your movie. Um, the guy who played Johnny the Boy, this would be Tim Burns, um, while he was handcuffed on the car wreck because he was so annoying to everybody on set and was so into character that after they were done shooting that scene, they just abandoned him for a while during lunch so he could just sit there handcuffed to it. <laughs> um, the blue van that gets crashed in the beginning car chase didn't have an engine in it. So that way they could just push it into the path. And because it was so light, it's why it spun around so crazily in the accident. And of course, uh, while Knight Rider's getting away, he keeps quoting lines from the ACDC song Rocker, which is awesome. Uh, those are the more interesting stats about it. Now, I didn't see The Road Warrior, but uh, Dan, can you tell us a little bit about it? Well, Road Warrior is that the uh so we're pretty much completely out of fossil fuel all the countries warred over it and the war's over and so now we're living in the wasteland welcome to the wasteland and uh max is alone he has a new dog but he's in the black interceptor and stuff happens main story is he finds this big 
this big refinery or whatever, and there's like a group of of people that live there, but they're constantly under siege by Lord Humongous's gang. And so he ends up helping them. Uh, and it's everything about it is just way better. And here's like, and uh, the thing is that, uh, like I told you that the first movie felt like uh, they made a couple movies and then we're like, we need to tell the origin story. But yes. it, it went like straight to DVD or whatever. Uh, it really is like that. This movie, th- this they could have started with this movie because there's a scene where he's like, "What happened to you, Max?" You? And the guy starts guessing, and then he's like, "Did you lose your family?" And he starts freaking out. I mean, that could have been like, and like, like imagine if Star Wars had started with Episode One, right? And you're just like, "What? What is the Force? What's the significance of this kid? The fuck is going on here?" It would, I think it would have been so much better if they started with that and then told yeah. the, then told the uh, other story. Uh, I think it would have flowed a lot better. Because this way it's just like weird. So they get they need to escape. So Max is going to drive the truck he brought them to get their gas out. And then the whole like last half hour is the big chase scene between Humongous's gang and and the people. And it's freaking, it's pretty cool. And then in the end, they crash the tanker, and in the tanker, just a bunch of dirt. <laughs> because they hid the gas in the bus with most of the people. It was a pretty cool twist. That's awesome. Pretty cool twist. And then they all get to their end destination, which is like 2,000 miles away. But Max just leaves after the crash. And it's sounds- all all told from the perspective of a kid which was actually a midget of be- course because movies uh so yeah it's really cool it's way, it's way better movie way better cool i'm definitely going to check that out um and then did, have you watched beyond thunderdome yet no no i'm going to watch it sometime today because i'm going to the 11 a.m. showing of fury <laughs> road tomorrow fury road yeah awesome well, you got to let me know how that is. We'll let everybody know how it is next week on the next episode of Talk and Talkies. But that was Mad Max. Um, it's it's kind of cool you talked about that because that's you're not the first person I've like I said, I've heard countless times that Road Warrior was better. I just didn't have the time to watch it. And once I watch Road Warrior, I'm probably going to want to dedicate myself through. And if I end up liking them enough, I might go see Fury Road in theaters. But uh. Fury Road is like nearly 100% on Rotten Tomatoes right now. So Yeah, so that's, that's pretty cool. So basically what this is telling me is that these movies are just getting better as they go along. And I like that. That intrigues me. That makes me want to keep going. So for anybody who's like, oh, Chris is a jackass because he badmouthed Mad Max, blah, blah, blah. Look, guys, I'm going to stick through it, and I'm probably going to end up liking it. So everybody just cool your jets. I'm sure it's not. I'm sure I'm not the only person who probably was like, well, the first one wasn't that good, but the rest of them were awesome. So, who knows? Now, uh, next week on Talkin' Talkies, we are going to go back to our quest. And my buddy Ellis Holmes, known as Ellis Homeless on Club Cafe Podcast, for those of you who listen to that. Thanks, has suggest- Yeah, thank <laughs> Joey Image with that one. Uh, he has suggested we watch Rear Window. So, that's going to be pretty interesting. Maybe next um, week I'll get my Jimmy Stewart voice going, if I wake up early enough. <laughs> uh, well, also depends on my work schedule. But uh, the thing about Rear Window is that 
like I've seen it. I've seen the parodies of it, but I don't think I've ever actually sat down and watched the entire Jimmy Stewart movie before. So like, I know everything about it. I know the, the big plot twist. I've seen countless spoofs about it, but I've just never sat down and watched it. So this is actually going to be pretty cool for me. So next week on talking talkies is rear window. And uh, Mad Max Fury Road comes out in theaters this weekend. Go check it out. Yep. Until that point, uh, I am Chris. That is Dan. Yep. And we'll see you next week. Bye.